Hard Reboot. I'm Jake. I'm Matt. And I'm Alan. And today we are doing the portrait of Dorian Gray, I'm pretty sure. Picture. Picture. What's the picture the of Dorian Gray? A picture of portrait. Tomato, well, tomato. To be fair to you, it is a portrait in the original 1891 uh, novel. See, that's exactly uh, it is what I'm But that exact the thing. story is called The Picture of Dorian Gray. So, semantics. Anyway, someone hit me with some research. Um, so, as I said, The Picture of Dorian Gray was originally published in 1890 in Lippincott's Monthly Magazine by Oscar Wilde. It took book form in 1891 um, and, of course, has been published and republished and redone um, 100 million times. Uh, notably, uh, The Picture of Dorian Gray is a uh, pretty sterling example of gothic fiction. Um, and a lot of times when literary folk refer to gothic pic, uh, fiction, Picture of Dorian Gray is used as a pretty uh, strong influence, as well as um, being extremely Faustian, which for those that may not know, Faustian implies a protagonist that makes a deal with the devil um, and that has to kind of deal with the dire consequences. So it's uh, a very prime example of that as well. It was also Wilde's only novel-length work that got published. Everything else was shorter pieces or poetry. And it really is just like, like Alan said, it's all about consequences. That's what this entire this entire story is about, is about this guy who wants to have everything in the world and not suffer the consequences that come from that. So he wants to be able to go out drinking, gambling, all the drugs, all the women, all the dudes... All the everything and suffer no consequences. He doesn't want to age. He doesn't want to wither. So the original story, as I understand it, from a combination of the Page Master, I Spy book, and uh, Legend of Extraordinary Gentlemen, is that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's what I meant to say. Uh, there is a portrait. Sorry, I got caught up on the Page Master, I Spy book uh, poll that I definitely read so much that all the bindings came out and it was just a bunch of loose papers. Um, I had several so, books like that, too. That means you loved it. So there is a picture, a portrait, somewhere in his house or attic or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's getting all the damage that he does to him, right? So, like... Kind of. It gets uglier instead of him. It gets... Uh, uh, yes, it ages it, instead of him. Uh, if he were to get stabbed, the the wound would appear in the portrait instead of on him. Well, it would appear on him, I think, and then disappear. Yeah, it, the the portrait takes and holds the damage, but again, there's not really a whole lot that happens directly to Dorian outside of just, like, the excesses of his life. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the whole catch is he can never, ever look at the portrait. If he looks at the portrait, the spell breaks, and he dies. Okay. Keep all this in mind. Do you guys want to know? So I picked mystery for the yes, genre. Yes, you did. Are you guys, re- are you guys ready? I don't think we are, but go ahead and hit us with it. Are you guys ready for for the medium? I am not ready for your jelly. A board game. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So we're doing Clue? That's where I went the first time. I don't know. Maybe we're doing 1313 Dead End Drive. Maybe we're doing... uh... Actually, no. I I just had a thought. What it okay? So my initial thought is, it's a mystery. What if it's something like Betrayal on the Hill on House? Do you know what I'm talking about? Betrayal on the Hill House. Betrayal of the House on the Hill. That something I have like that. that. I've never played but, it. But <laughs> it's real good. So when you play the game, someone is secretly the betrayer. Well, well, they're not Dorian. secretly. There's like a there's a series of events, and whoever triggers the event. The, the change is over, revealed as the they betrayer, become yeah. the betrayer, but you don't know going in who the betrayer will be. Okay, well, maybe maybe the whole point, so scratch that, maybe the whole point is like Mafia, where you don't know who Dorian Gray is supposed to be, and the whole point is to figure it out. I want to take this a different way. Um, I want to put forward something, a, a different option for this. Um, Dorian isn't around, for whatever reason. They're going into into this this place. Um, I'm thinking something more like uh, Elder Sign, 
that game. Uh, oh, okay. Where you're hunting through a museum or something. So you're hunting through a house a fun game. or a museum, and you're looking for this portrait that's rumored to have these abilities where if you find it, you can get all the benefits of it. I was thinking I was thinking oh. something similar, and that might be a good way to go, because I was thinking you are you are in Dorian's house looking for his portrait for whatever reason. Yeah, and I like that. We can we could even make it something where like Dorian is somehow still alive. He's just a wizened old man that wanders around being all creepy and mysterious. Oh, but maybe maybe he can be an element of um of kind of chance. He and... he's the tra- he's the chest the the community chest deck essentially. He's the basically keeper. so like he's the crypt keeper. So you're avoiding Dorian while you're searching for his portrait. And it's gonna it's gotta be a situation where the whole house is full of traps, traps. and false Hell leads yeah. and other weird shit. That's why I suggested thirteen thirteen dead end drive. You could put someone in a fireplace, flip them over, kill them. That was for children. That was a children's game where murder was the objective. I don't like that game, Jake. That doesn't sound it's fun. It's super fun. <laughs> uh it's like two types of it's people like, in the it's world. It's like mousetrap, but if mousetrap wasn't the dumbest fucking game And about people. And it was about, like, murdering people. Because no one's ever... I don't think anybody on the planet has ever actually played Mousetrap. Like, you just set the thing up and knock it down a couple times and go, okay, I'm good with Mousetrap. And then you lose one of the balls and you can't make it work anymore. Yeah, that's accurate. Or you play Mousetrap and then go, ugh, and then you go and find... Oh, oh, what was that game called on the computer? It was basically you made your own Rube Goldberg devices. Mousetrap. Wonderful Machine. Incredible machines. Incredible machine. I did have never heard of that. It is real fun. Amazing. It was one of those original like Windows games. Um, but basically the whole point of the game was to make a Rube Goldberg device to do a certain thing. I spent usually it's to get a ball from one corner of the screen to the other. And they would give you like limited things to use. Looking up Rube Goldbergs the other day because I saw one that was like all physics based and it was all like magnets and shit and it was like really awesome. Oh, that was um, cool. Anyway, this isn't going to be a Rube Goldberg game. This is going to be a a, no. a Clue slash Betrayal at House on the Hill slash Elder Sign kind of game, which I'm totally into. Um, so here, let's start at the base level. Is there a board or is it cards that you build the house as you go? Because that is Betrayal at House on the Hill's whole steez, so I'm kind of leaning towards a board. I like the board, but what if it was several boards? And so you can flip them over into different configurations so that each time you play, it's a little bit different. I like that also because that can scale with the number of people. That yeah, I definitely yeah. like modular boards, so I'm I'm very into that. Um, I, so I'm like, thinking some are like 8-inch board tiles or so, mm-hmm. maybe Four of them for a smaller game, six of them for a large game. Yeah. And each one has different sides and you just, and we can like, there could be scenarios in the book that you could follow or you could create your own um, of what rooms to put in and that kind of thing. Yeah. And definitely like not just limited to six boards in the whole box. There's probably like 12 or 13 or something like that, but. um, And expansion packs. You could always do expansion. Oh, yeah. yeah, you want There's the shed. Gotta be expansion yeah. Pack. You want the yard? Yeah, we got that. You want to go to his his bodega in the city? Yeah, we got that. Oh, don't forget the greenhouse. Green got to have a greenhouse. And the obligatory Cthulhu expansion because it's not modern board games without a mm-hmm. Cthulhu expansion. It's not board games until you Cthulhu that some bitch up. <laughs> and zombies. Yeah, got to do zombies. Have you guys played Although, the board game zombies? Although to be fair, to be fair, Zor- Dorian Gray is kind of already a zombie-ish because he's undead. He's on. Is he undead? I feel like he's just he's immortal. In the yeah, original, that's different though. In the original book, at the end of it, he does like stab his painting in the heart, and he dies of a knife wound. So I don't think that's a zombie tactic. Yeah, he's just I feel an like immortal. That's definitely, yeah. That's a different thing. I feel like he. I feel like he's on his way to zombie. He's on the zombie spectrum. But what were you saying before about a zombie board game before I cut you off? Sorry. No, there's a board game called Zombies, uh, three exclamation points, where basically you build the city um, as you go. It's kind of like Betrayal House on the Hill, but like it's uh, a city. There's like a school expansion pack, a army base, a whole bunch of stuff. And like you put it down and there's like 
like hearts and bullets that you can get and like they go in certain places and each one has zombies and you have to like get to a helicopter pad which is the last tile so like every turn someone puts someone down puts a tile down and so it builds in whatever directions you guys want Uh, oh that's cool it's very very fun nice uh, so the only zombie board game I've ever played was Zombicide, and I didn't enjoy it very much. I have heard of that, but I have not seen or played it. Yeah, I just I I wasn't a huge fan of it. Anyway, well, we don't have to do that. Yeah, game then. <laughs> so actually, I'm a, I'm I'm con- like I'm thinking to myself of how to avoid some of the things like that that I didn't like. How dice heavy do we want this game to be? Do we want it to be more like deduction heavy? Um, a la clue in that the whole point is that you're figuring out what's going on or that dice rolls can give you clues and things kind of like elder sign. What are we thinking? Um, I like dice. I feel like a board game needs to have a dice component. Well, of course, um, but how, how most much part. do we want the dice to factor in? I guess I don't, I'd honestly want to go with something closer to like elder sign or uh, betrayal of the house on the hill. Where you just have stats and everything that you interact with requires you to do something with those stats. Okay. I feel like we can add a little bit of a dice element on top of that. Um, like maybe your stats are how, what dice you can roll yeah, in that's, certain situations. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Like betrayal of oh, the house okay. on the hill is you have you have your physical and your mental. Like one's like smarts and sanity and the physical is strength and speed. And so different cards will be like, oh, you need to pass a speed roll to survive this stupid trap. So, yeah, it's like your stats determine the number of dice in a category. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Because then when you have like, you just have some D6s and like you, you roll them, but it's not like, oh, where's the D12? I got to roll a D12 and a D4 to figure out what all this shit is. It's It's just like base level dice. Yeah. But what about, and this may be too silly, but what about, like, so let's say that you're trying to discover a clue. You could roll the dice, or you have an option to, like, divulge a secret. What do you mean? Uh, would you would you collect secrets? Well, no, kind of like a truth or dare type of situation. Oh, like a real life secret. Oh, like-, like a real life secret. You divulge, a, like, something that people don't know about you. You have to tell this group of people that you're with. I, on the one hand, I really like that. Yeah. On the other hand, I would be supremely uncomfortable playing that for too long. <laughs> See, I'm going the well, opposite Well, I mean, it doesn't way. have to be like that, but... I'm going the opposite way from Jake on that is that I like that. That's a neat mechanic. But I know for a fact that a lot of board gamers would be like, oh, I can just make up bullshit and never have to roll a die and just win? Done. Yeah, oh, that's true. It's true. Yeah, you got you got those fucking people who think winning is the important part of games. <sighs> they ruined magic for me. Well, maybe maybe balance it out where some things you can, some things you can't. And it could even be, you know, to pass this physical test, or maybe it's an if-you-fail type situation. If you fail on the dice, you know, if you do this other consequence, then, you know, Dorian doesn't progress towards you, or... You know, you're avoiding some consequence by doing something. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I like I like that as like a as a alternate condition, like a second chance. Um, yeah, I think I think it would be something like, OK, you walk into the library, a challenge comes up, you have to pass a smarts roll or something. You fail the smarts roll. Now, normally the consequence would be you fail the challenge so you don't get the benefit. And something, some other like doom meter or Dorian meter progresses because of that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So instead you can then take this alternate condition, whatever that is, tell a secret, something. Do 10 pushups. Something, yeah. To stave off the doom, the Dorian meter, but you still don't win the challenge. Yeah, you still fail the challenge. Yeah, you don't get the benefit, but you stop the, the Dorian meter from progressing. I like that, but I now that you've put it in my head, I feel like that just makes everything consequence free. Because like, why would you ever let the Dorian meter go up? Then I, I would assume it's because that's not available on everything, right? But then it's a it's a sometimes mechanic. There has to be something on the card that 
distinguishes when you can use it or an item that you can collect in game lets you that use it. could be cool how about, is that if they were items that you had to trade in that's that's what i was saying is like you had to like give up a secret like you collect secrets and those can be anything about any it just like it's like a card with a it says secret and then it just says like uh i can't think of any human person names barbara steals money from the till and, and blah, blah 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 you know like okay just so, so maybe that could be like, cool so, so it's totally in. So not a secret thing. you generate. So we'd name all the player character options, and then secrets are scattered about them throughout the board. Yeah, and you would gain secrets on people, and then you could turn one of those into stave off the Dorian meter instead of like having to do a thing, because then the Dorian meter would never go up. Like, there also needs and you could still be... make things up, and you could do push ups, uh, cheater style, and you know, yeah. like there needs to be another thing that the secrets affect, so that you have to weigh between like. Do I want to stop the meter going up, or do I want to be able to cash these in for something? Like, they have to be able to go right. towards something, or so it becomes that choice. I think I think the best way for that to work would be that it would be um, a hint towards where the portrait is. Well, that, well, that like, I, I was three think- secrets let you know a, a hint of where the portrait is. Here's the problem with that, is how do we make each game different? How do you want... Why would you play this game twice if, if there's portraits in a specific location, unless... It's not the scenarios that I was talking about. It's not in a specific location. You can move the portrait to any room. So there has to be something that triggers the portrait. Yeah. Something has to like make the portrait happen or because because otherwise you still have a finite amount of scenarios, you know, like and you kind of have to know where it is if you want to set the board game up, you know, Um, Yeah. because I'm because my favorite board game is surprising. Probably nobody is Catan. I like I probably yeah. say it wrong. A lot of people say Catan. That sounds like someone with a parlor, uh, how they would say it. I do say uh, Settlers of Catan. <laughs> That's yeah, how I pronounce it. Yeah. too. You you fucking bougie ass. One uh, percent billionaires. I Sega have Genesis's. never once owned a Sega. You liar. <laughs> Me either. Oh, we're going to we're going to play Catan today. Yeah. In the parlor. It's already set up. Uh, no, you can't come in here, Jake. You don't make enough money. Go home. I'm never letting you in my go, parlor once I have go, one. Go never. play your fucking Super Nintendo, Jake. Uh, I'm literally going to have signs in my parlor that says Jake is not allowed. Well, I won't Jake go in there anyway on principle. That must be a real quiet place. Real pleasant And then area. I will fill it with Yorkies and Shih Tzus. Yeah, guess what? Your boy can get them out. I would not put it past him. I can yeah, get them true. out of there, Alan. You're- Nothing's gonna hold me back from Yorkos. I love those. Anyway, so like, like I like Katana a lot, and the way you win is you get victory points. So maybe you have to acquire a certain amount of points, and then, and this is a dumb idea, so feel free to reject it. Then when you win, you decide where the portrait is, or maybe the portrait, but depending on where you are when you win, that's where the portrait is. I I like I like the second one. Yeah. Something something triggers and the portrait shows up wherever that player triggered it. I don't think that's yeah. when you win, though. Okay, so maybe you you collect enough victory points. You, maybe, like, three secrets equals one point. Or, like, you can get points or uh, you can get clues. and a. Okay, all right, here we are. So you it's a mystery game. Yeah. That is the conceit of this is that it, there is a mystery. That mystery is where is the portrait. The game doesn't know where the portrait is, so you collect clues, which could be anything. Like, like again, in-universe, it would be like, there are footprints leading from the back door to the kitchen. Like, through the kitchen to this place. That's a clue. It doesn't mean anything, but that is a clue, right? Yeah, right. So, so then you... Maybe clues are victory points, but they're not exclusively victory points. Or maybe I mean that backwards. Victory points are not exclusively clues. All victory points are clues, but not all clues are victory points. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you, you, once you have enough, then maybe there's a separate deck, like the portrait deck, that's just like 10 cards or whatever. And it's like, it is, or, or maybe there is a table in the, the instructions where it's like, if you get these clues, it is here. And this is what like you if, have if, to do to get it. Yeah. If you activate it, you get, this is where it is, and this is how you have to get there. But you have to get at least one or two bonus turns to give you the leg up. So what you could do, or at least, you know, again, please feel free to veto it, is on the cards themselves. 
So have like, there are footsteps that lead to the kitchen and down at the bottom of the card is like a word. And when you have four of the clues, you can put them together in a certain order and it'll tell you what order to go into. And it spells out where it is. Okay. Uh, the, the problem, wait, so the card itself tells you has a word on it or a card? Like it has, it has like a code or something on the, only the bottom. Problem, the only problem is you would have to make them very modular like where you could just like like every one is the same but the last one is a different location you know well, yes. what i would say what but I then would what say... if what if you got four it's 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 kitchen you know like that's not a sentence yeah what I, what so I, to roll with that to modify that because i like that idea is that each card like say there's 50 cards in the deck or 40 cards in the deck for round numbers sure they're grouped into 50 is like, also a round number yeah they're in groups of 10, and each of those 10 have the same number on them. So, like, the first group is 1, the second group is 2, third group is 3, fourth group is yeah. 4. So then the table just references, you're cashing in four clues right, to find where the mirror is. So you look, what do you have? I have a 1, two threes, and a 4. You look down the table, for that combination, that's where it tells you where it is. Or even it well, could be like. Well, then we would like, have to do more numbers. Well, yeah. Well, it could be like skull, hourglass, paintbrush, gun. Yeah. I, and they're symbols. And then, and then, yeah, and you look on the table and, and it's like. you use the symbols, yeah, to decode. Yeah. So that way it's not, you know, oh, well, I know if I pull this for number one, I know what that means and I can go and do it. But you can just kind of pull it, and each person gets a copy of the table. Or there's just one that okay. sits out on the main. There's just yeah. one oh, yeah. to keep out, yeah. And then, but you don't have to reveal where it right. is. The, exactly. The nice thing Only about that, you know, the nice thing about that is with the symbols, you can for an expansion pack, you can add in a fifth symbol, which just will come with a modified table. Yep. Well, I think we should have like ten symbols then. Because if you only have to collect four, it'll give you a a billion deep, you know, possibilities of maybe ten is way too much. Now that no, I'm thinking about it, what you could it. do is you could do ten and release an app. I don't, I, mm. I don't like anything where you have to go outside the box to play the game. That's why I said four, because you're still getting that is true. Because you're, you're having an umpteen amount. Yeah, yeah, because and it de- and maybe it depends on the order you get them in. Two is that too fucking there, much? No, that's what I'm thinking. So like skull, skull hourglass paintbrush gun is different than skull paintbrush hourglass gun. But you could also get like skull skull gun paintbrush. Right, and that's and that is also too. a thing. Okay, so maybe so then what it is is like you... 160 discrete possibilities. So maybe what it is then is your character. Your character card has some slots in it, and when you get a clue, you have to slot it in, and you don't get to move oh, it. Oh, yeah. Gives you, like, a little, like, uh, like Scrabble tile holder sort of thing, but you put your yeah. clues in. Yeah, and, but, it, like, it's supposed to be locked in, so that's the order that you're collecting this, and that's the order right. of the reveal. So you can't just be like, oh, I've got these four in this combination that I already know the answer to from playing last week. Right, because then you could just, like, flip it around and be like, here is proof that this is my order. Yeah. Here's another question. First of all, I know this is a little uh, back patty. This game fucking rules already. Um, So maybe we should stop recording. Uh, Yeah, TMTMTM, Hard Reboot LLC. Um, I'm actually actively looking into getting a Creative Commons license on all the stuff we do here, so don't worry about it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely super duper do that. For definitely this one, we're leaving money on the table if we don't make it. So what happens, I'm going to present this. Oh, Alan, Alan, you raised your hand. (laughs) Yes, I did raise your hand. So back to... I feel like having the app as a supplement, not like have the table. I don't know why I'm hung up on this app, but have the table and then have it like a QR code reader where you could download an app on your phone where you can just put in the symbols and it spits out where it is. Still have the the thing like the the actual table in the game, but have a simple way for players to do it. Oh, there's absolutely an app. It's got your... All your characters, so you can choose your character card. It'll have everything. It'll just be. I mean, extra. I mean, if we're if we're having an app, the app should just be the game, but an app, right? Because 
No. Well, you'd still need the board. Like, you can get well, an no, app I mean, for he... Betrayer at the House on the Hill now. That's your character card. You can get an app for pretty much yeah. any board game. It's not required. It's just nice. See, because I, 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 I don't hate that. I mean, look, if we're going to... I don't think that should be the thing we spend money on first, though, no. is the app. No. no, no. Because you can definitely just look that at the table. That would be a stretch goal on the Kickstarter. You can just look at the table and move your finger down until you see... We'd have, like, all the ones that start with skull and all the ones that start with hourglass yeah. or, you know, whatever the symbols are. Um, and then... I feel like that would be not easy, but relatively easy yeah. to figure out. Um, the app would be easy for if you're like, this is what I have. What is my glue? Um, which I now that I said it out loud, I do like that. Um, but we could also just make the whole board game an app eventually. Like I have Catan on my phone. Yeah, I have Elder Game with AI on my. Yeah, iPad, so like iPad. that. That's also a possibility. Let's get back to this. I have a question. Yes. What happens if two people get four clues? Turn order. It's a race. It's a race to what, though, because my clues say it's in this place, and their, oh, your clues would say it's in this place. The first person who gets them has to cash it in. It has to be locked in at that point. Oh, turns around and shows everyone. Y- no, yes. that doesn't make sense. Yes, but ooh, then everyone ooh, ooh. knows where it is. No, so what happens is the first person to get four, the first person to get four, that's locked in. The next person to get four, they have to be shown the first persons. Everyone else... Uh, like closes their eyes or whatever, the person has to come around and look, but that first set of four is locked in, this is it. And everyone else has to share that group of four as they collect their clues. Okay, I can I can see that work, because the only other thing that I have, I think that actually works pretty well, especially because like when you play board games, you're around people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only other thing I have is that Let's say I have a uh, skull gun key hourglass because uh, let's be honest, paintbrush makes sense, but it's a little too cute. It's one. You know it's, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, I know just four random symbols. I'm, I'm just yeah. Was... I'm just being me full time. Um. So, but then let's say you get like you know key skull skull gun. I have a condition and you have a condition and whoever gets their condition first, that's just where the. Yep. That's just where it is. That's so, just where so it like, is. So I don't have to show you mine, but my condition is different than yours. And we do at the you do at, at the end of the game have to prove that that was your condition. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. So so it's it's possible that there are just a bunch of in in the lore of the game there are a bunch of fakes scattered all over the place. So the first person with four clues that meets their condition finds the real one. Yeah, when you mm-hmm. when you win, you still win, but like it gives everybody else a chance. Yeah, you know, to get there to have their own secret one, because then you can have situations where like all the members of the game are have all their clues, so everyone has a different win condition, and everyone's doing these weird fucking moves, and like, oh, I have to get six weapons, I have to get two more clues to get mine, and then get to this place and cash them in, or like I have to roll this. Here and like the the conditions to win can be fucking buck wild. We're gonna have so many options. Like it can get bananas, but like everyone can be racing each other, but have no idea what the others are doing. So to sabotage or to do other, you just start doing weird stuff to yeah, like absolutely throw off to, red herrings. Yeah, to like to like throw people off because you play the game enough and like you're you'll start to see some repeats. But you'd be like, hey, I think you're going for the skull skull gun skull one because like that's a very specific one that I've had. And you'd be like, oh, am I? Well, then I'm going to – I just do this. I go to the kitchen and I get another clue in here. It's like, oh, shit, that's not part of it. Maybe you're not going for that one. Yeah, and I – I like that. I enjoy the games that are, like, cooperative and you're all working together towards some end, like Elder Sign. And I especially enjoy Betrayal at the House on the Hill where it's like, we're cooperative right up into the point where we're not. And someone's a betrayer. But I I, almost think that's a good thing for this game, though. Yeah, up until up until someone gets their set of clues, like it you're be all kind of working together. Yeah, but like, but like when you get clues, and maybe we can have it so that I should really learn how to finish my sentences. I'll get back to that one. <laughs> um, when you, maybe when you get clues, it's in the same deck as other things like items or benefits oh. or whatever. So you don't like yeah, you but- have your clues. No, because it no actually that doesn't make sense because you have to put them in order. Well, no, no. Well, like, what if what if we did a thing where you could share clues? 
So if we're wanting to encourage cooperation, maybe you can share a clue with someone and have a mutual benefit. Oh, oh, okay. Let me spin you this option. You're competitive. You're cooperative up until the point that four clues have been gathered by one player. Right. At, at that point, you consult the book. And, like, you follow the table. It's in the library. Every character, though, you have to then be like, cool. On the same box that has, like, where it's at, then it has, like, characters and what they have to do. So, okay, so... So each person's character is different in its win condition. Yeah. So that way, like then this. it becomes competitive. Right. I like this, but here's here's the problem. Here here and and it's not really a, a problem, but here's the problem. Once I get four clues, then it's like if I am Miss Scarlet, then I have to do this. And and it's revealed to everybody, right? That's what you're saying? Um no, because everyone then would have to look at their win con themselves. Right, but like what I'm saying is like I get four clues and I reveal this is my these are the clues that I have and this is what the win this is where it is and you have to find your win conditions from there, right? Yeah. What is the benefit of me getting the clues first? Because then the painting is in play. The win condition is now available to everyone. Right, but I assembled all these clues. I have the most clues so far and I am at at best on equal footing with everybody now even though i that was why, winning a second ago that is why i would go back to you have to collect four clues before you're allowed to pursue the painting even if so say for example you get four clues you know you're playing against somebody and they're headed to a place and you're like ooh, if they're headed there you know that means that it's probably in this place and they're playing that character and it's that win condition you cannot act on it Unless you also have four clues and then you can go and look like the person shows you their their code or goes over and whispers and tells you where it is. Um, now, granted, you know, you're going to have the asshole that lies, which is why I, I recommend showing the cards and having everyone turn away or whatever. Or, in you know, that try case, to do though, it in a secret way. In that situation, though, there's no reason to do anything cooperative. Not even to well, allow well, anything cooperative. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I, you can't win until someone has all four, and then from there, it's just a matter of catching up. Well, maybe we make the clues difficult to get, which would encourage people to work together to put put together their resources. But then, but then again, who gets if, the clue? if only one person ends up with the four clues, if everyone's working together, if the three of us are playing and we're helping Jake get the four clues... What's the benefit to us for that to happen? That's true, because then he would know and no one else would. Well, I mean, it's, if if the, the game has to either be cooperative up to a point where it's not, and everyone is then on level footing again, or it has to start on level footing competitive. I think maybe it can be cooperative in the same way that Catan is cooperative, in that, like, you can trade with people, alliances. but you do not have to. It's all alliances and game theory. So that way there, there's no, like, requirements, but it would help you in the early game. So you're technically competitive because you don't know what the end condition's gonna be. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then, I, I, I like, I think Alan's works really well then. Like, if I have four cards, I, it's in play. And then once you gain four clues total, I, like, you come around to my side of the table and you go, okay, it's skull gun key hourglass all right let me look it up in secret and now i know my win condition too and i can start going towards that but it does give whoever gets it first an edge in that and it could even be that yes the portrait is in the study but in order to get the portrait jake's character has to go into the kitchen and push a secret switch and matt's character has to go into the observatory and put a bust on a specific pillar you know and it could have you go to different parts of the house to do a thing before you actually go to the place yeah, where yeah. the thing is revealed which would throw people off of well we don't we still don't know where it is because both of you have four clues but you're heading in opposite directions because your wind conditions are different Right. So so there are two games essentially. There is the before someone has a before you have your clues and after because afterwards it's do a task, but 
before then you have to find clues and get items and like accrue resources essentially how by exploring the house just exploring the house gets you like if you go into certain places like it's probably got to be something along the lines of you go into a room you have to draw a challenge of some sort if you pass it you have a chance like it's like the prize for winning this you can get an item or sometimes some of the cards, if they're really hard, you get a clue. Okay. Or have an either of you or something. Uh, yeah. Have either of you played Arkham Horror? The the very long, very uh, uh, sometimes have, frustrating no. version of Elder Sign? <laughs> I have seen no. it played. I have not yet had that pleasure. Okay. It's fun the third time you play it. The first time you're all playing against each other and it just is the fucking worst thing ever. And if you, you realize have you have all to work the expansions, together. it spans two of those folding tables. It is literally, it's like Jesus. a four foot, it's like a four foot by two and a half foot board, the base set. And there are like, like 12 expansions. It's a big boy. And there are a oh lot of expansions. God. Yeah. So when you're playing that first one, there's like a bunch of different places around town and each, each location or each, I guess, I don't know if it's location or if it's area. Cause they're all like color coded areas. Either way. Each one of these locations slash areas has its own deck of things that can happen when you go there. So maybe we steal that. Like maybe like the library has its own little and the cards are very tiny so that you can have a bunch of different decks. And mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, a hassle or of the box isn't a trunk. Um, so right. like you like you go to the library and there's a library deck and you do your event or challenge or maybe it's just like hey you found a clue like like you just got lucky and you found a clue yeah, or like sometimes you draw get lucky. an item from the item deck or draw a a secret or draw you know whatever so like you get the you get that from there and then you like all right now I'm going to go explore the other room and so you go into a different room and you do the same thing there but each one has its own specific challenges and so by doing that that's how you get clues and stuff. That's the early part of the game. There also has to be something like in the in the room decks. Like some of the the some of the cards when you flip it up, it's like, oh, you just got an item. Neat. Or you get a challenge that can potentially win you a clue if you pass it. Or you get something that's like the floor gives out and suddenly you're going down a secret passage slide and you get spit out in the observatory now. Yeah, somehow. Ab- absolutely. It's like, it's, it's random. Sometimes it's good stuff. Sometimes it's benefits. Sometimes it's a challenge that you have to pass to not die. Or it's, uh, you know, like maybe the challenges give you a secret automatically. Like if you win I the think, challenge, you get a secret. Yeah. If you pass the challenge, you get a clue. Yeah. Um, uh, well, clues and secrets are different things from, from, if you'll remember from 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, I was still doing that. I feel I feel like we are lacking one major thing, though. How is Dorian Gray factoring into this? He's trying to kill you? He doesn't want you to find his portrait, obviously, right? Well, maybe in the rooms, like, some of the cards, like, you just get lucky and you get, you know, whatever resource we decide, whether it's a clue or a secret. And sometimes you get unlucky and Dorian's there instead. Well, yeah, he could definitely be one of the consequences or one of the negative things that happens. I think from a lore perspective, he's trying to recharge the portrait for himself. By, so he by has to giving, sacrifice people to sacrifices people to yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Let's like we need we need to turn something on like a supernatural or horror axis here a little bit too, just so that there can be some thematic things like you walk into the ballroom, you have an event that comes up. Suddenly, you're in the middle of a swinging opium party somehow, and you're lost here yeah. for a turn. Yeah, or yep. like there, there's a single ghostly woman Ooh. there who wants to dance, and it's like, okay, do you? If you dance with her, this is the challenge. If you don't, you lose this thing. Yeah. So what if? What if there's instead of like a health track or something or a doom track, it's an age track, and so all of your characters start at like twenty. But every time you run into Dorian or something bad happens, he drains you of your age. And so you get older up until the point where you die. I would I don't think I'd put a discrete number on that. I would I would just call it like a life track. And you can yeah, take I, like I think we can hits. use that for the only the only problem with that is if we directly associate like your health with your amount of life, how do you get life back? 
oh, there's got to be there. There can be a way to do that. Like have like yeah. I, I know. I I'm fine. I'm just saying. Like we need to think about that because it like have if, it be one Dorian, of the challenge cards or an item. No, no, no can but like life or. Okay, I'm talking. I'm, yeah, I'm talking lore wise. Like, if if in the lore, Dorian takes some of your life every time you lose a challenge against him, he's not going to give any back. Maybe like it maybe doesn't seem like a two way street. You know, maybe it's a combination. It's Dorian plus the house plus the painting. So if you introduce something into that, like, oh, you found a sacred relic that had been locked away in this room. You bring that out. It disrupts the house a little bit and you feel rejuvenated like some of the life that's been traveling from dorian through the house to the painting goes back to you gets back to you or you felt you drink a potion or yeah. whatever okay as long as that is like i'm totally cool with it your your health being life i think that's really cool i, I just i need there to be a way to, like in universe to gain life back that makes sense so like as well, long as I, we got that then i'm good i almost would like and again this may be just stupid um believe in yourself each- alan that each player has a talisman or a crystal or like when they entered the house, something they carried became like supernaturally charged. And that's how this all works. I like that. So, so each it person can draw has something... power from the house or from Dorian Gray when they succeed. And that's the conduit through which it happens. Okay. So what I'm picturing there is it's a challenge. You have been challenged by Dorian Gray, the winner. To find his painting. The winner gets the painting, all the immortality, everything that comes along with it. You just Mm -hmm. have to play his game. So when you enter the house, like, if we entered, like, I have, like, a fountain pen. That's, like, the writer would have a fountain pen or, um, like, a private And these could be your pieces on the board. Yeah, something like that. But, But it's like, that becomes my talisman. That's what's tying me to the house. That's what can give life or take life. And I think there's also got to be something about, like, don't lose that. Like, if you yeah. lose well, it, okay. suddenly there's a clock on having to do something to regain it. Here, yeah. Okay, here's here's the, the thing. Um, number one, I don't think your piece should be your talisman because then the whole you can lose it it is you you know so i don't think we should do that okay. also it's a little too monopoly for me it's just like okay. one step too far to... it's I, pretty like, easy to do a miniature nowadays anyways yeah you just you have like a little miniature and like yeah this one it kind of looks like the person on my card but maybe like in the corner of your card there is a a like it just has the picture of your talisman and then you can have like a like a little um like chit i don't know what they're actually called you just have like a little thing that if you ever lose it you put it over your talisman until or, you can get your talisman back. Or there's a talisman spot on the card, and you just flip it if you lose it. And there's, like, what you have to do to get it back is on the other side of that card. Well, see, I th- I think the talisman shouldn't be special. I think I think it should just be flavor, right? So, like, your talisman is, like, the writer's is a pen. The investigator's is a magnifying is a glass. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, like, it's just, like, a, it's, like, a symbol, but, like, a... You can go into the kitchen and you draw the thing and it's like, do this challenge. And if like, you know, which is just like roll or whatever. And you or like give up a secret. And if you don't have a secret to give, you lose whatever it is. It's like you lose your talisman. You have to get it back by doing this. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter who you are. It's just your talisman is like a thing. And, it, and it's not like you lose it and you have to get it back the same way every time. It's if you lose it, there is a way to get it back specific to how you lost it so i'm seeing it as i like the idea of losing you had mentioned earlier matt of having it be on a timer so if you lose your talisman and you do not regain it within three like three turns or whatever however arbitrary we want to make it you begin to lose life i think i would actually push that up a little bit instead of like a three-turn buffer is when you lose it you have an immediate chance the next turn to get it back if you don't do it that, that turn, that next turn, you take a tick of damage. And every turn you t- you lose health until you get it back? Yeah, but yeah. you can't leave that room. You are stuck in that room doing that task until you succeed. Okay, so that seems like stuff that would definitely be in the meetings how to make the game and not on the podcast of how of yeah. this, this goofo idea that accidentally became very good. Um, so like you would have to 
I'm in the library. I, just, I don't know why I keep going back to the library. I just fucking love a library, right? So you're like, okay, here's how you get it back. You have to roll a six or roll, you know, two sixes. That can suck, but it also is chance. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just be like roll one dice because if it's if you have to match two, that's gonna be a fucking nightmare. Well, and it's probably like succeed, and there's like a success point that's mechanics that can be decided later. But you have to succeed right. on two out of the three or four dice that you get to roll for a skill or whatever. But especially if it's in the early game, you can be like, "Oh crap, I am stuck here without my talisman. Can one of you guys that's nearby come over here and help me with that roll?" Right. And I will give you a secret or I will give you the clue that I get from getting it back or whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah, if you have to bargain, the... that's totally allowed. Yeah. But just be like, I need help on this roll. Can any of y'all come help me on this roll? Right. Yeah. Right. Game and then, Or stuff. you could be like, hey, I need help on this and I will help you later. And then you're like, okay, Eli, I will go help you. And you help him. And then later, he doesn't fucking help you because Eli Lemieux is a silver-tongued devil. Whenever you are playing him in board games, I want you to be very specific. I want you to be very careful. Oh, buddy. Did somebody hurt you? He's one of my best friends, but he's my mortal enemy in board games. And I just want everyone to know that. <laughs> On behalf of Hard Reboot, we do not, as a podcast, um, support. Yes, we do. And, <laughs> um, uh directly attack people that is jake mason's own personal opinion we love everyone <laughs> unless Look, you I play risk against much. me you son of a bitch and i hate all of you if you do <laughs> <laughs> well that's why i don't play monopoly or risk with my friends so i, I don't just play don't monopoly, play period because it's a bad game monopoly sucks i think we can all i think it's been long enough i think we can all agree that monopoly sucks it's pretty bad anyway we're uh we're we're heading in towards an hour mark here soon I, okay. I think we've got something pretty solid, honestly. Uh, let's just real quick: how many total players can you can you play with? Like, what's the max amount? Let's do some boring stuff right at the end. What's the max amount of players you can have? Six. Max amount eight, min amount three. I like Allen's better than six because six seems like not like like I feel like you could get bigger with it. Yeah, but eight, I feel like anything after eight might be just way too much. Yeah, yeah, and and you should have to have at least three people because I don't know that you can't form an alliance because it's only the two of you. Yeah, it's kind of like why you can't play Catan with only two people. Yeah, it's, unless it you use a special two person. Yeah, I like that three to eight. Okay, um, anything else we need to like figure out? Because I know after you get your clues, you check your table and you're like, all right, here it is. So you have the you know how to win the game. It also has to get harder for you a little bit like dorian has to be after you more than anybody now and there has to be some sort of consequence for that yeah maybe you introduce a new rule where if we're if we're doing with like regular one through six d6 maybe once you have all four clues if you roll a one you increase like dorian there's a consequence for rolling ones essentially that wasn't there before you started before you had all four clues assembled so are we keeping the dorian track then because i thought we had just relegated him to events maybe that's when the dorian track starts is once you have all four clues i like that that something then comes into play with because he's actively like before you have all four clues he's toying with you he's just watching you go but now you're a threat but now you're a threat so he's going to come directly after you yeah, okay. I like that. And then, and you can do things to stave off the doom meter by turning in secrets or or yep. or whatever, and and all that stuff that we talked about before. And there may be some some items that are like one use, like oh, Dorian popped up in your room. Well, I give this item, and it prevents. That I from use happening. a mirror. Yeah, like the item is a mirror to make him see himself, and he runs away. Yeah. Okay. Something. Yeah. It's different. Different things like that. Yeah. 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 I think I think we're good. I think we got a hit on our hands, guys. Did we make a board game accidentally? <laughs> TM 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 Yeah, do not steal original board game. Do not steal Milton Bradley. Mattel got, oh, got my fucking eye on you, Milt. We will sell this idea to Fantasy Flight. It'll be great. Ooh. Yes, this is definitely a purchasable idea. Don't don't get it twisted. We will sell this idea, but no one can just take it. Or we'll just kickstart it. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, we might just make this like and just do it. It sounds like a very fun game to play with friends that you want to be enemies with later in the game. That sounds like pretty much every board game, yeah. That's basically every board game. That is basically every board game. 
All right. Is All there right. anything else we need to cover on Dorian Gray? Uh, no board game so. of Dorian Gray. I think we I think we did it. Uh, I'm 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 glad that my dumbass idea came to fruition. I, I'm glad it worked because I was fully prepared for Matt to have his head in his hands the whole time and Alan to just be like nah and walk away. Now there is one more thing we do need to do on this. Uh, we need to name the game, right? Potentially temporarily. We're gonna put that out there. This might not be the final name. Yes, uh, I would like whip. to put forward the mansion of Dorian Gray, the hunt uh, for Dorian Gray. I like the hunt for Dorian Gray. The hunt for Dorian. But portrait. he's also he also is hunting you. So yeah, maybe. Yeah, the hunt for the hunt for Dorian's portrait. I mean, we look. We could just call it the portrait of Dorian Gray. If the if the yeah. original thing is the picture, then we could just say the portrait. It's that little bit of change. I like that. That makes it our flavor. The mansion is nice, but I feel like there's a lot of things. Like there's mansions of madness, and there's the betrayal house in the hill. There's a lot of like house-based names for games, mm-hmm, and I kind of want to, like, back away from that. I, so I, think the port- I think the portrait of Dorian Gray works, because that's the goal. Yeah. So. Agreed. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so you guys want to talk about what we're doing next time? Yeah. Uh, next time, uh, we're not rolling randomly. We've decided to do the next three episodes. Um, we're going to cover our preferred choices off of our list. Which no one has ever seen. So yeah, it's our list. Who don't cares? worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's that starts with Alan. Alan kind of starts our cycle here, so his choice is up first. And I have chosen Around the World in Eighty Days. Okay. Do you want to give us a genre? I mean, you don't have to want to. You kind of have to. You have to give us a genre, Alan. <laughs> genre is action adventure. Okay. Okay. Nice. I, think that, I think that's fair. I mean, that's an excuse for me to go I already watch know the Jackie Chan one. I, are, so. I already know what the uh, medium is going to be, and I am on the same boat as Jake. I hope it works. <laughs> okay, as long as it's not cave etchings, I think we can make it. I think we can make it work. We've demonstrated a pretty good flexibility here that I like. All right. Yeah. All right. Excellent. So uh, that's been hard reboot. We have a whole outro. We we kind of don't, but <laughs> we well, have no, a- like the one that. The place, the the the, the That's like a stuff? bumper about where to find us. Oh, you're right. We How still have we to leave? say goodbye. To You've everybody. been rebooted. Men in defense. The diff- damn it, different reboot. Wrong reboot. Oh, I've been Matt. I've been Jake, and I've been Alan. See y'all next month. Bye. Bye. I love you. Hey everybody. You can follow us at Rebootcast on Twitter, or you can email us at hardreboot at fifthdraw.com. You can follow Alan at Alan underscore cells. You can follow Jake at JJ underscore Mason. Or you can follow me at Matt Hoadley. Thanks for listening. Hard Reboot is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.